<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> Hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in nerd cage live this ain't just a reaction show but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and i tick so thank you for joining us tonight please hit that like button and subscribe i'm your co-host jay saint g coming to you live from syracuse new york and always with me my man the warrior from what kind of the fiend from louisville mark withers what's shaking boss Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual. And yes, tonight's look back is only five years strong, but we absolutely could not wait to talk about this one. It's a favorite of both Jay's and mine. We are huge fans of boxing, of Rocky Balboa, of Michael B. Jordan, of all of these things put together in one film. And the film that I'm talking about is Creed. Now, Jay, I know that you have been waiting a while to talk about this one. So let us know, like, how do you feel about this? No different from the very first time I watched it. This is still one of my favorite movies ever. And it's the best movie of the 2010s. I take that to my grave. This is a movie that not, that just revived, not only revived a, uh, a beloved franchise, but rivaled the original movie. I love everything about this movie. This is a movie for everybody. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I absolutely love everything about this movie. I'm a huge Rocky fan myself. But, and with Rocky three and Rocky four being my two uh, favorites, I feel like this is a direct sequel from Rocky four. And, you know, Ryan Coogler did an amazing job of taking a franchise that was very strong in the 80s, that kind of faltered in more recent years and breathed brand new life into it. Um, you know, basically uh, took old tropes and spun them in a new way and showed, you know, what it would be like for the son of Apollo Creed to be trained by a now aging Rocky Balboa. I don't think that you get a movie uh, better than that. And the fight sequences, everything from the fight sequences to the training montages, to the to the score, to the, the acting in between Rocky and Donnie. I mean, everything about it is just absolutely fantastic. I, I love everything about it. Yes, this movie is perfect. I have one glaring problem with the movie. We'll get to that later, but this movie is absolutely perfect. And listen, the making of this movie is just as fascinating as the movie itself. Let's go back to 1976. Sylvester Stallone is broke. He's working as a background actor. He's working as a porn star. He's looking for work in Hollywood. And he's like, you know what? I, I, I'm out of ideas. I don't know how I'm going to make it out here. So what does he do? He goes home and he writes a script in three days for a movie called Rocky. And what he was doing was just writing a love story. That's all he's doing. And he pitches it to the studios and finally MGM took it. And the rest is history. Flash forward to 2013 or 2014, whatever it was when the movie was first announced. Ryan Coogler, at the time, listen, he, he was a brilliant director, but he really wasn't exactly well-known at the time. I mean, he had a couple movies under his belt, but he's not the power force that he is now. And he took a chance. He wrote this script for Creed. He, it was the most wildest idea. Keep in mind, Rocky Six 
pretty much ended the franchise, wrapped the bow on the franchise. Rocky Six, in my opinion, ended the franchise very well, in my opinion. Especially, it kind of made up for Rocky Five. Right. But Ryan Coogler took a chance. And he finally reached out to Stallone and says, hey, I got an idea. I got a, a, a script here for a movie called Creed about you training uh, Apollo Creed's son. You got you to take a look. He took a chance. He worked hard and took a chance at a script that he worked on. And Stallone, just like what happened to him, you know, 40 years prior, uh, the same thing happens for Ryan Cooler, and we end up getting a hit out of it. Right, right. And, you know, the, the thing about Ryan Coogler was, is that that guy is absolute magic. I know that you had mentioned that he really wasn't very well known at the time, but about uh, two or three years before that, he had come out with a movie called Fruitvale Station, which was about mm -hmm. the last 48 hours of a man named Oscar Grant, who was killed by police in San Francisco, based on a true story. Absolutely fantastic. One of the most powerful movies that I saw that year. Uh, Michael B. Jordan starred in that. And, uh, you know, on the strength of that, he was able to sort of develop uh, a script for Creed with his friend Aaron Covington. Um, the script itself was actually, the idea for the script was actually inspired by his father, who was a, a big Rocky fan. He and his father would, would watch Rocky II frequently when he was a kid before like different sporting events. And so he kind of wrote this script and pitched it to Stallone. Stallone took a chance on him and the rest is history. Absolutely. I can remember exactly where I was when I first heard the announcement of the movie. I thought it was a rumor. I didn't believe it at first. But then when the confirmation came out that there's going to be a new Rocky movie, I lost my damn mind. I remember I was working at a radio station at the time. And I'm just like bragging to everybody. Oh, my God, there's a new movie coming out called Creed, which is basically Rocky 7 and blah, 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 blah. And I lost my damn mind. So let's talk about the cast. Right. Brilliant assembled cast here. Now that we get the return of Sylvester Stallone at his best. It's amazing the performance that Coogler got out of him. But we get Michael B. Jordan, who coming off of uh, Fantastic Four. Now, Fantastic Four was bad, right? but not Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan's great in everything that he does. And then we're introduced to the lovely Tessa Thompson. I fell yes. in love with her just like everybody else. <laughs> and of course, it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful to see Felicia Richard come back. And she still looks just as beautiful now as she did 35 years ago. I agree. I agree. And what a performance from her. Now, originally, the character of Marianne was uh, was played by an actress named Sylvia Meals in Rocky II and in Rocky IV. And uh, just a few years before this movie was, was developed and filmed, she passed away. And so yeah. Felicia Rashad was asked to sort of step into that role. And she did a great job of actually bringing Marianne to life in the sense that in the previous films, you really don't hear that much about her. You don't know that much about her, but she actually comes in, gives the character depth, actually makes us care about her, you know, which in turn makes us care more about Donnie she's an important cog in this franchise in that movie and in you know the subsequent sequel and in the upcoming most likely in the upcoming sequel and and then the, the, the performances too like we see stallone at his best Absolutely. he got nominated for the oscar he didn't win but he right. did win the golden globe for this movie and i also wish michael b jordan was uh got a nomination too he didn't he should yeah. have well but back in 1976 Stallone was nominated for every Rocky was nominated for every category. He won Best Picture, yeah. but he not won the one he should have won for, which was Best Actor. Right. It's terrific that Ryan Cooler got that performance out of him. 
And it hits so close to home for me because when this movie came out, like six months before this movie came out, I lost my grandfather to uh, lymphoma. So when, yes, thank you. So when Stallone, when we get to the cancer diagnosis scene, spoiler alert, what a performance from Stallone. It really, it really got to me. It really moved me. That's why this movie means so much to me. It speaks to me. And only Stallone could have given that performance. And I really wish he had won. Yeah, I I think that he deserved it as well. Um, You know, that particular part of the film kind of hits close to home for me as well. I think that, uh, you know, the majority of people out there, you know, either have kind of wrestled with cancer themselves or, Mm -hmm. you know, they have a loved one that they've either lost or struggling with cancer. And so it's very relatable, you know, as far as when he receives the news of his diagnosis and then when Donnie kind of finds out about it and his his reaction to it, you know, um, I, I don't know that there are there are many more touching scenes out there than that one. And, and you know, they both should have been, you know, not, you know, not only nominated, but at least one of them should have won for that for that performance. I agree. And that's the beauty of this movie is that this movie is not just a boxing movie. It's a movie for everybody. And that's why it speaks to me. It's because right. there's so many layers, just like the original Rocky movie. It's more than just a sports show, more than just a boxing drama. Uh, it's 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 a it's about a, a man with the, you know you know who didn't grow up with his father who lost his father before he was even born and he's just trying to find his place in the world and he wants to like and he can't help but go to his you know his true calling which is boxing he tried right, right. doing the real job thing he tried living that luxurious life that he was fortunate enough to be given after you know he was adopted and and then of course you got the love story and the chemistry between him and Bianca it's just Everything about this movie works. Right. There's so much to it. And that's why this movie's made for everybody. Right. And the symbolism on the in this movie is, is on another level. You know, yeah. like if you look at the the one of the beginning scenes where Adonis is in Marianne's house and they have that little home theater and he's watching an old fight between Rocky and Apollo and he mm-hmm. jumps up and he's doing the exact same moves as Rocky, you know? And then when Apollo moves, he's doing the exact same moves as Apollo. It, to me, what that says is, this is a young man who's about to walk in the same footsteps as these great fighters. You know, when you get towards the end where Rocky uh, gives Apollo the the trunks, you know, the Stars and Stripes trunks. On the front, it says Creed. On the back, it says Johnson. Yeah. Names. You know, it to me, that symbolized, you know, Creed is the life that is before him. Johnson is the life that is behind him, that is in the past. I think that, you know, the writing in this movie is just on another level, even if you don't see that on the first go around. You know, the first time I watched this movie, it was all about just the boxing mm-hmm. and just the just the action, you know, aspect of it, the and the nostalgia of it. Um, but the more times I watch it, the more I find these these subtle little nuances, mm-hmm. these little pieces that maybe you're not meant to pick up on, but but as you do, you're just like, oh, and then it just kind of like elevates the movie just a little bit more. So I just absolutely have to give Ryan Coogler props for that. 
Absolutely. And there's there's more like heartfelt moments too. I mean, if, when he tracks down Rocky and he goes into Mix, Mickey's gym and goes, hey, young. I love the fact, and I know you could appreciate this too. I mm -hmm. love the fact that they, they established that that Italian kid and his father was, you know, that was Rocky's childhood friend. Right. The fact that Rocky chose to train Adonis over that kid is really heart really heartfelt because he easily could have went you know being he's an italian guy being mm -hmm. that it's his childhood friend that he chose to go with adonis yes wonderful moment absolutely yes. yeah i think it i think it speaks to his friendship with apollo and how how deeply he was affected by his death i think both decisions do so his decision not to train anybody or to 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 be a part of the boxing world anymore. I think that has everything to do with this uh, idea that he let Apollo die. That like maybe if he had thrown in the towel at the right moment, that Apollo would not have been killed by Drago. And mm -hmm. you know, and and then you know when he kind of turns the corner and kind of like meets Adonis for the first time. And, you know, he's very resistant. He's very, like, I don't do that anymore. I'm not going to help you. And then, yeah. you know, as Donnie starts to wear him down and he agrees to help him, you know, I think that that decision is sort of, you know, it's linked to this desire to sort of make good on, on, on on this guilt uh to, to make good on the fact that like he let apollo down like okay i will train adonis the right way and sort of like sort of make you know make up for the fact that i let you down i thought that that was a very powerful way to to kind of show that and and to mm -hmm. kind of and, and to kind of show what he was wrestling with you know it's just it's you know i can't say enough good things about the way that this movie was written Absolutely. And of course, uh, you know, you just kind of touched on a little bit here, uh, Ryan Cougar and the, like some of the throwbacks. I mean, we see uh, Duke's gym. We see uh, Mickey's gym. Right. We, get, we see uh, Cuff and Link, the turtles. Those are the same turtles. Those right. are, in fact, the same living turtles from the original Rocky there. That's that right. <laughs> in, in, his, in his home or apartment, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's just all these other throwbacks. And another thing, some other uh, beautiful things too is like, the the love story okay um I, i'm not like one of those i'm not a romantic movie kind of guy but but in this movie it, it works so well in this movie because similar to the love story in and rocky we get another great love story in creed but bianca and adonis's love story is different but it's the same if that makes any sense <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're two completely different people right it's a similar love story. It's it's really, really amazing how that pans out. I love the chemistry between the two of them, and it's believable. They make it work. In another heartfelt moment where, like, they when they, when they butt at heads and she takes out her hearing aid when she's mad at him. Right. Like, just stuff like that. Like, it's just like, wow. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's it's just great storytelling. It's just, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I just, I love this movie, man. I just can't say enough about how great this movie is. Right, right. And sort of echo your sentiment about, um, you know, the, the throwback moments. I think that Kugler does an excellent job of kind of taking these moments that could have just been 
simple fan service. He could have just like rehashed, you know, the mm -hmm. running up the steps of the museum, tropes from the older movies. He could have taken those things and just sort of redone them with Michael B. Jordan doing those things. But instead, he puts a new spin on every piece. Like the, the scene where he's sort of running, you know, he's got the tracksuit on and he's yes. sort of like, he's sort of running and then like, all of these like dirt bikes start, you know, like following him and he's sort of like, you know, like they're, they're sort of going along with him. Powerful moment, but it's like very similar to, it's a throwback to Rocky II where Rocky's like running and the kids start following him and he's like, you know, running alongside them. That's done. And it's the like music. The, right. And then, and then the music is different. Right, the music is exact is is not the exact same. You know, all these things are done in, uh, you know, basically to to show that like history repeats. But here's this modern take on it. Hundred percent. And I also could appreciate that among all the Rocky movies, I feel like Creed and Creed Two, it really I feel like reflects on boxing the best. Like to me, these movies reflect real boxing right. not just because of the training but the way the wbc operates the way the the belts are handled the way um managers decide on fights i mean right. the you know we, when they find out when he gets a shot at the title similar to the original rocky movie it's it's a free coincidence okay the the word about his about his father gets out and you know then we see the the champ uh, uh ricky conlon you know his manager's like listen you're fighting this guy because look at the money we could make. Right. Uh, like stuff like that. That really happens in boxing. Sometimes it's not about the best opponent. Sometimes it's it's about you know the the, the best press, the best um, you know build up, the, you know, the the money and everything else. Like I mean, I know it's some it's kind of tacky to say it, but it's true. Like sometimes it's not about make the matchmaking. It's not about fighting the best who's out there. It's about the best fight that can be made for the public. Right. Like, Stuff like that, little things like that. As a lifelong fan of boxing, I appreciate the stuff, the the the, the details that this movie provides. You know, right, right. And you know, for me, uh, what I really appreciated was the training montages and the training scenes were a lot more realistic than what you see in previous Rocky movies mm -hmm. and even just other like boxing or fighting movies in, in general. You know, like, you know, it actually shows a little bit more of like the education behind it, the, yep. the actual training of a boxer from the ground up. You know, here we have, you know, Adonis, who's basically self-taught, like he's never been a part of yeah. a gym. He's never had a trainer before. And Rocky's basically taking him through, you know, even even as skilled as he is, he's taking him through the fundamentals. He's kind yeah. of just like kind of showing him you know, every step. And then he has these other trainers that are kind of working with him and he's explaining to him like, hey, I'm old. There's some things that I can't do for you yep. that they'll be able to do for you. I think that that is really yes. um, realistic. Like these are things that that, that really happen, you know. Yeah, and sparring so, partners and everything. Right, right. Even down to the sparring partners, it shows how many times he actually gets knocked, knocked out or knocked down before he starts to get really good. You yeah. know, it's and and so I think that that adds a lot of weight to, um, to to why this movie is, is such a great boxing film. Hundred percent. And another thing, speaking of boxing, we get Andre Ward, now retired champion who works right. at ESPN. Now is the guy that you know clocks him in the gym and takes his car, <laughs> and then of course 
Max Kellerman, who was also in Rocky Six, you know, who was really famous, you know, back in the day. He was with uh, Jim Lampley in HBO, now works for ESPN. But it's great that we get like real life boxers, real life boxing announcers, and everything, you know, weaved into this film. It's and with, with real life acting and stuff like that. Right. It's just it's brilliant. Pro- again, props to the man, Ryan Coogler. Absolutely, absolutely. Also worth noting that Tony Ballou, who plays Ricky Conlon in the film, is mm-hmm. also a champion boxer. So, you know, He's this such this whole too. <laughs> oh man, man, he he reminded me a lot of like Conor McGregor in yeah. that you know like his trash talk game like was or just tra- like Tyson Fury. The, yeah, just like just completely <laughs> off the charts. You know, I, I love that about him. <laughs> yeah, so hundred percent. So like I said, as, as as a boxing fan, there's so much to appreciate here. Now, one more thing before we uh, wrapped up the segment on Creed here, and the one glaring thing we have to talk about, and it's so beautifully done. Yes. Okay, the camera, the camera movement in this movie is just unreal. Especially, even though they ripped the page off uh, Michael Keaton's Birdman, the right. one take uh, fight between Adonis and that Italian kid, awesome. Right. It just camera moves around, you know, in one what looks like one take. They go to his corner. And then they go to that that corner, and then and then they they they, they exchange punches. And it's end of the first round. They go into the second round. Oh God, I love that one take trick. It was brilliant. Yeah, probably the yeah. best part of the movie. I agree. I agree. And it really puts you in the moment. You know, like it puts you right there. You know, you're 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 right inside the fight with them. Not just not just watching it on TV, and not just in the stands like not just as a fan you're right there ringside with them just from that that uh that method of cinematography so i just thought it was amazing yeah and then and then like i said and then like you mentioned earlier the training montages like it all works like i said it's just some of the best cinematography you will ever see in any movie and that's why this movie just there's so much i can go on about this way everything about this movie works again the one glaring problem Okay, I have with this movie, and we can debate this. It okay. So going back to Rocky Six, okay. Um, the one thing is that what was beautiful about Rocky Six is that uh, we see Rocky Junior. He's older, and you know, he's in his thirties, working a job and all that good stuff, and he's kind of like losing um, his relationship with his son, and they're drifting away. I love how the fact that they he repaired his relationship with his son. And I love how it's done. What this movie do- does that really, really upsets me, and it's the only problem I have with this movie, is uh, Rocky's diagnosed with cancer, and his son's nowhere to be found, and his son has moved all the way to Vancouver, right? Uh, to have family, you know, on his own without Rocky around, it, it, it bothers me. It really does. Like I don't know what who made who's I don't know if it was Cooler's decision or the studio or Stallone, but. I didn't like the decision that they made, um, you know, Rocky's son abandoned Rocky because if if it was me and my dad, you know, I w- would never abandon my dad. You know, it, it just it bothers me. Right, right, and I and I guess I could see that. Um, I just think that there's an assumption there that Robert knows that Rocky is sick. So if you really think back to the to the scene. Rocky hasn't told anybody about it. Yeah. It just happens that Donnie finds the pamphlets mm-hmm. and discovers that Rocky is sick. And then Rocky just kind of gives gives that yeah. up. So, you know, 
he has no desire to let anybody know that he's sick, so he probably never even told Robert. Um, yeah. Donnie doesn't know Robert and probably doesn't know how to get in touch with him, so yeah. he probably wouldn't have that. You know, I and I think the decision to kind of kind of make that um, to to kind of make that scene or make that part of the arc the way that it was, I think was probably wise in that if you would have brought Robert into the film, it might have muddied the waters a little bit in terms of like emotional depth and yeah. some of the writing. It might have made the movie over long. And so it makes sense to kind of, at least to me, it kind of makes sense to have that scene the way that it is, yeah. um, you know, because you know, another aspect of it is that we really don't know what happened between Rocky Balboa and Creed to where they're estranged again. Like, yeah. why Why it's, are they not? But talking? it bothers me, though. It really does. Like, the, the fact that they're estranged again to begin with, it just, it bothers me. It really did. Right. But right. that doesn't take away how great yeah. this movie is. It's just, it's just how, it how I feel personally about the direction the franchise went. That's the only problem I have with the movie. That's it. Other than that, this movie is perfect and still the best movie of the 2010s in my opinion i again i take that to my grave so that's all i got it's, 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 a <laughs> it's a fantastic movie it's a movie for everybody you know while i don't necessarily think it's my favorite movie of the 2010s it's definitely up there mm -hmm. it's it's definitely top three rocky movie for me mm -hmm. uh definitely a top five boxing or fighting or sports movie for me uh it's it's uh it's really uh just a powerful film that i that i would recommend to just about anybody amen so i, I figured we, we couldn't really exactly uh finish this look back without at least acknowledging uh creed 2. uh i feel like I, I feel like i'm the one that has to go out and defend creed 2. i love creed 2. may not be as good as creed 1 but still a bloody fantastic movie and the one thing i one thing i love about what creed 2 does is it does rectify what creed 1 did meaning we do see uh right. rocky repair his relationship with his son and goes out to see him at the very very end of the movie but the beautiful thing about creed right. 2 is again follows boxing pretty faithfully and i love the fact that this is the true sequel to rocky 4 because what this movie does, like in every other Korean Rocky movie, maybe the exception of the first Rocky is that the, the antagonist is unlikable. The antagonist is the one you want to see get dropped. You want like, you know, Clever Lang was the ultimate right. badass, but the ultimate bad guy. Drago was like this cartoon character of a villain that represented Soviet Russia. The beauty thing about Creed 2 is it humanized Drago. Yes, you felt for Drago. Right. You sympathized for him. And his son, as scary as he was, as intimidating as as he was, as like much of a bad guy as he looked, he was everything but. He was just fighting for the glory, not so much for the glory, but for his father's love. And for the right. first time right. ever, you, you empathize, you sympathize. You almost, you don't root against Donnie, but you do root for the antagonist. Right. And, you know, that's that's an important thing to note. I mean, I don't think that we've ever had uh, a film like that where, you know, you you see in the original film, you know, this sort of 
uh, cold, kind of brutal, kind of just just straight up killer, like just stoic and doesn't care about anything. What happens after that guy has been defeated? What happens mm -hmm. to his life? And and Creed two did a really good job of kind of like showing, you know, after you know Rocky defeated him, his entire life fell apart. He he stopped being yeah. important to Russia. He stopped being important to his own wife, you know, and. Uh, you know, the, his life got very difficult after that. And, and you started, like you said, you really start to feel for Drago and you start to feel for his kid. And then you start to understand what's at stake for this fight, for this particular fight on yeah. their end, you know? And, and I thought that that was really important. It was also another thing that I really like about Creed II is, you know, we talked a little bit earlier in the episode about how you know, the, there's sort of these, these throwback mm -hmm. moments, you know, that are sort of told in a new way. Well, here you have a throwback moment to Rocky three, where, you know, in Rocky three, you know, Rocky wants to fight Clubber yeah. and Mickey, mm -hmm. he very, very wisely says that this guy is a bulldozer with a wrecking ball attached. Like he's an animal. Like this is a guy you are not ready for. Rocky gives almost the same speech to, to Donnie. Yeah about Drago's son, you know, telling him like, hey, this guy Drago, like he broke things in me that have never been fixed. And, you know, if his son's anything like that, you're not ready for this guy. And it's a it's it's a complete retelling of that same scene, but done with fresh dialogue mm -hmm. and in a new way and in reactions, this fresh take on it that I, I just thought was great. Absolutely. And Adonis and Bianca get married. They have a child. And a big twist on this one is the child's, you know, born with the, the, the hearing deficiency. So it's really, really, really heartfelt. It really is. And that's just like, there's so much love about this movie because, it, again, it still has heart. It may not be as good as Creed 1, but it's pretty damn close. Just like this was like Rocky 2 was a perfect follow-up to Rocky 1. Creed 2 is a perfect follow-up to Creed 1. And it's also, like I said, a direct sequel to Rocky 4. And, again, I love the, um, the restaurant scene where... Rocky and Drago come face to face for the first time in over 30 years. Oh my God, that, that, that scene was so tense for me. I was like, wow, that was, that was executed so well. And props to Dolph Lundgren. He brought emotion that we never saw from the, saw in Rocky for. So again, it, it's Creed 2 is a brilliant sequel. Uh, and I can't wait to see where uh, Creed 3 will go. I agree. I, I'm a big fan of Creed 2. I know a lot of people kind of pan it, um, but I actually they don't think, get it. That's yeah. why. Well, well, the thing is that, you know, Ryan Coogler wasn't available to to yeah. do the sequel, but mm -hmm. they got uh, a young director named Stephen Capel, who is a fantastic replacement for him. And he's I, his I, protege, know. too. Right, right, exactly. So who better to kind of like take the reins? And I think that he did a fantastic job with the movie. You know, I, 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 I really, you know, while again, like you said, it's not as good as Creed one, but it's very close. And yeah. I, and I think that, you know, it, it made for an app sequel and it set it up perfectly for a third one. So, you know, I'm all in for it. So since we're kind of lightly talking the topic of Creed three is uh, there hasn't been official confirmation yet, but there's been a lot of rumblings in the internet lately. And we did talk about it in one of our previous episodes is uh, the rumor is Michael B. Jordan is going to be starring and directing in Creed three. 
I hope that is the case because I want to see what that man will bring to the table. And my personal wish list for Creed 3, just like in Creed 2 uh, where Drago got the Creed 2 treatment, I want to see Clubber Lang get the proper treatment that Drago got. I want to see where Clubber Lang is now. I would love to see them bring him back and potentially hit uh, his son um, for a matchup here. And that's just my wish list because I feel like uh, Clubber Lang deserves uh, a proper ending like Drago got. Right. And I think we spoke about this in one of our previous episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really think that that's a particularly interesting story arc. I do want to see Clubber Lang in Creed 3 in some capacity, either as a trainer or as a commentator or something like that. But I don't think that it'd be particularly interesting to see, you know, coming off of a fight with the son of one of Rocky's opponents to for the next one to be one of Rocky's opponents. I think it would be a much more interesting matchup to see Ricky Conlon get, you know, get yep. out of prison and for or Adonis to actually get the rematch he deserves now that he's a seasoned champion and to yeah. see what that that type of fight would look like now that he has this experience behind him. Yeah, well, we're off to wait and see. I mean, uh, we we hope we get an official announcement suit and we get some kind of like story reveal. We'll definitely talk about it for sure once the the confirmation comes out. So at the time of this recording, man, we we're, we're trying to you know end the year strong. We appreciate everyone who showed up to our uh, Life of Agony um, live stream. We have three more live streams before the year's over, and we hope everyone can uh, be there for our uh, diehard debate. And then Titan Goji will come on as a guest on December 10th. And then finally, we end the year live stream wise with the Scorpion's Revenge watch party with Master Daniel Pacino, who's agreed to come back to hang out with us. That should be a killer time. So that being said, before we go, we pre-please ask you to like, comment, subscribe, and ring that bell. And spread this shit like stuff. So to you, I say, from Louisville to Syracuse, to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! Ha 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 ha!